Thank you, sir. It's good to see you again tonight. And I want to commend you for being here on the third night in a row. Uh, you're almost there. It's good to see you again this evening. And I look forward to what uh, God has for us. And I trust that uh, the series so far has been a help to you and has been informative to you. And I trust that uh, it will continue to be so. Uh, let me remind you why it's important for us to uh, study things like this. It's because we need to know the truth. Uh, we need to know the Word of God, lest we depart from the faith. Uh, lest we get seduced by those seducing spirits that I talked about last night. But also, having this kind of information helps us be a better witness. Uh, all of us, all of us, probably without exception tonight, know somebody uh, who is involved attending one of these emerging church types, and uh, this will help us to understand uh, what they're... They may use some of the same terms, but they have different definitions. And I gave you some of their definitions last night. I'm going to give, give you some definite, more definitions tonight, uh, but I trust this has been helpful to you. I'll uh, be turning your Bible to the book of John, chapter number 3 tonight. That's where um, I'll have you start. I am going to read a verse from 2 Timothy chapter 3 again uh, to get us started, and then I'll read with you from the book of John, and uh, then we'll have a word of prayer and uh, get into what the Lord has for us tonight. And uh, Sunday night and, and, and last night, I tried to squeeze uh, two different lectures in on each night and uh, stretch the time a little bit, but you didn't look bored, so that made me feel good. Uh, but tonight, I'm, I'm going to try and get one uh, lecture in, uh, but maybe as long as two, we'll see. But it's a very, very important uh, thought we're going to deal with tonight. It is, it is one that I probably personally, it may not be the same for you, uh, I personally encounter this all the time. And I'm going to tell you uh, what is behind it, and, I'm going to, and then, then in the teaching tonight, we'll have a way of countering it, knowing the truth, and hopefully being able to win people to the Lord because they have been deceived uh, by this philosophy. <clears throat> but I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse number 5 again, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. We have ourselves to blame, Christians, if we get deceived because we don't know the Bible. The Bible tells us in the last days perilous times shall come. We know that the world is, is going to get more and more chaotic. But the, the, the trouble that you and I are encountering, are going to continue to, to encounter, is because uh, what used to be uh, even a shame for a lost person has become the norm for a safe person. And it is inside the churches today. Why? Because there's a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Last night I taught the spirit of Christ or the spirit of Antichrist. Uh, just because there's a spirit involved doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit. And there's the Holy Spirit, and then there's a seducing spirits. And I illustrated to you at the end of the service last night, uh, it's very simple to just, if you know the Scripture, to look and understand who, is, who, who believes, who, who, who has not the Spirit of God. It's by their separation. Either the Spirit separates them, the Holy Spirit, or they have that sensual separation, separated by their gross appetites. It's understanding the Scripture. So we understand there's a form of godliness. Now, John chapter 3, where you are in, in your Bibles, and I'm going to read verse number 3, a very familiar 
verse of Scripture tonight, and it's going to be the foundation uh, for where we get started. And then after a word of prayer, I'm going to look at a few other uh, passages. You can turn quickly uh, with me. Uh, But John 3, verse 3, Jesus answered. We know this is the conversation with Nicodemus, the rabbi. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now think back to Sunday night, if you were here, the problem with the emerging church is they, they refuse to have an absolute. Uh, they want to deconstruct everything. And this new church, this new belief system has emerged from their deconstruction of what has always been. Truth is relative. Truth is what we decided to be. We're going to reject the authoritative leadership of the traditional church. Uh, we'll decide what is, what is salvation. We'll decide how dare we define salvation as narrow. But read with the words of Jesus. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. That sounds pretty narrow to me. In Jesus with authority. Says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus himself made an absolute. Except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. With that in mind, I want to, I want to speak tonight on convert or Christ follower. Christ follower is a term you'll hear often. Well, I just follow Christ. I'm just a Christ follower. I'm going to help you tonight understand what what is meant by that, and uh, I believe this will be a help to us. Father, I pray now that for the next few minutes uh, that you'll help us as we look at different places in the Scripture. Uh, May we be willing to discern the times because we have the Word of God. And Father, I pray tonight that this will strengthen your church, this will edify the believers so that we won't get swept away with every wind of doctrine. And Father, may it be used not so that we can look at others and condemn them, but may it be used so that we can be wise in how to be a witness and to win those that have been deceived to Christ. <clears throat> Father, I pray that you would bless our time this evening, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Convert or Christ follower. Uh, it's, a, it's a choice, one or the other. You say often, or you hear often, well, I'm a Christ follower. Uh, you invite people to church, or you start to talk to them, you ask them if they're saved, and they get they say, yeah, they say all the right words, I'm saved, but won't you come be part of the church? Won't you get involved in church? Well, I just follow Christ, I don't follow man. That sounds spiritual on the surface. But if you read the scripture, you'll find that Jesus himself was in the temple on the Lord's day. Uh, He was teaching in the temple. Uh, It sounds sounds spiritual. Well, I don't follow man. I don't have to be a member of the Central Baptist Church where you follow a man. I follow Christ. Wasn't it Paul that said, follow me as I follow Christ? It sounds spiritual, but it is not. See, I I will tell you tonight, right out out of the gate, at the very beginning of this this evening, I am not a Christ follower. 
as they define a Christ follower. I am a convert. I have been converted. There is a difference in a convert and a Christ follower. Let me remind you, the book of Matthew, chapter number 7, reminds us that there's going to come a day when many are going to say, Lord, Lord, and He's going to say, Depart, for I never knew you. Perhaps they'll say it like this, Lord, I was a Christ follower. He's going to say, I never knew you. It's important for us to understand this evening that there is two, with this idea of a convert or a Christ follower, it breaks down into either a master or model. Let me explain what that means. I'll be reading from two books tonight. Uh, one of the books I'll be reading from is entitled, They Like Jesus, But Not the Church. And this is written by a man named Dan Kimball, who uh, wrote the book, The Emerging Church, that I was reading from the last couple of nights. And uh, this is a very enlightening book into the mind and the doctrine of the emerging church. They like Jesus, but not the church. I don't have time to get into everything uh, that is wrong with this book. But on the surface, it makes an excuse for people to be lost. It makes an excuse for people not to be in the house of God because they just don't like Christians. They don't like the way the church is. They have to create another Jesus for them to associate with. But let me, let me stick with the master versus the model. Uh, I'll read page 192, an excerpt from page 190. And they're referring to fundamentalists. They, they, let me just help all of us. I don't understand why we have independent Baptists who claim to believe in the fundamentals of the faith, barring from the emerging church today because that crowd hates us. That crowd will persecute us. That crowd would put us out of business tomorrow if they had the authority and the power to do it. And if that crowd ever gets the authority, they will do it. Uh, they refer to what you and I stand for. Uh, as, I, as I've studied this over the last eight, nine years, and, and you, get these, these, you keep adding, I keep adding these books that I study, we used to be this nameless group that they referred to, but you knew they were talking about us. It has progressed to now they're naming us. Uh, we are the enemy. We are, according to them, the reason why people won't come to Christ, the reason why people are leaving the things of God, the reason why people are atheists today is because we hold to these fundamental truths. But in the context of that, I'll read this statement. Uh, As I share about doctrines and fundamentals, this is the author speaking, I fully know that following Jesus is not about following a checklist of beliefs. It's about following Him. That sounds good. I don't imagine Jesus holding a little pad and pencil, checking off boxes as he asked people, Do you believe I was born of a virgin? Do you believe in the inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture? And judging us based on how many items on the checklist we believe. Now let me stop there. For you to be a convert, you absolutely have to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. So in this little scenario that he draws up... I don't imagine him holding a pad and a piece of paper because the Lord Jesus Christ knows whose is his and whose is not. But it is absolutely important to the Son of God that you and I believe that he was born of a virgin. 
Because if he was not born of a virgin, he is not deity. My Savior is deity. And I'll address in, in, toward, in, a little bit further into the uh, message tonight uh, how uh, he reveals what he really thinks about the Lord Jesus Christ, but, but in the context of, of the modeling uh, aspect, let me stick with the paragraph here. Following him is about devoting our lives to him and modeling our lives after his teaching and seeing our lives transformed by the Spirit as a result. Following him is about devoting our lives to him and modeling our lives. Again, it sounds good on the surface. In just a moment, I'm going to show you what they mean by modeling. Uh, it's a master. How many of you are saved tonight? You're a convert. Jesus is to be your master. Your master. And see, that's what, what, what this crowd does not like. They don't like absolutes. They don't like authority. Uh, they don't like uh, the uh, pick up your cross and follow me. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one or the other. It's the convert or the Christ follower. Now, let's deal, first of all, number one, with the convert. We see our text tonight, John chapter 3 and verse 3. There was a man, or, or uh, Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you're a convert, you know you've been born again. Uh, Nicodemus was religious. And Jesus said, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born of the Spirit. Okay, uh, turn over just a couple of pages to John chapter number 1, verse number 12. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. All right, to receive Christ. The power is... How, when you get the power, when you believe on the name of the Son of God, to many, but to as many as received Him. We receive Christ as our personal Savior. Romans chapter number 1, verse 16, if you want to... Turn with me as soon as I get there because of time. I'll continue to read. Romans chapter number 1, verse 16. Uh, you, many of you probably know this verse of Scripture. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Following Christ does not bring about conversion. The power of the gospel brings about conversion. Many religious will say, Lord, Lord, and they will hear what they never thought they would hear, depart from me. They would say, I followed. Uh, there are many religious people who think they follow Christ. That's their salvation. We're reminded of Romans 1.16, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You can do nothing to save yourself. You can do work after work after work after work. You can follow after fo and follow and follow and follow. But it's the power of God unto salvation. First uh, Corinthians chapter number 1 in verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Preaching like I'm doing is foolish to this crowd. Why, why, why would you attend the Central Baptist Church for that... Mean man gets up, raises his voice, 
tells you there's only one way. If you don't confess and you don't depend on Jesus and put your faith in Him, that if you don't do that, you're going to die and go to a devil's hell. Why in the world would you put up with that? That's foolishness. Well, the Scripture tells us that people are going to respond that way. But unto us, which are saved. How many are saved tonight? Unto us, which are saved, it is the power of God. To be a convert, to be a Christian, a believer who has trusted Christ has the Holy Spirit that dwells within him. I taught about this last night. The moment I got saved, I got a new resident. The Holy Spirit of God. Because of the Holy Spirit, I can be more like Christ. I illustrated it last night. I'll not take time to go through it all again. But the more I submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in my life, the more I present myself as that, accept, uh, that sacrifice unto God. The more I do that, the more I can become like Christ. That power is available to me to change me from within. That's why for a new Christian, they've got to change from the inside out. They've got to be given time and opportunity to change the Holy Spirit of God. That changes us. Now let's compare that to the Christ follower. Here's a definition of the Christ follower. Uh, salvation is not required. Receiving Jesus as personal Savior is not a prerequisite to be a Christ follower. That's why if the Central Baptist Church really cared about their community, you'd refuse to be stuck in these old ways. If you really cared about the young people... It doesn't matter that you have the Christian school that you have. It doesn't matter that you run buses if you really cared. You would do away with the traditional look. You'd change your music. Your pastor would become more hip. Let that roll around your mind for a minute. If you really cared, you'd get rid of the pulpit so your pastor didn't lord over the people. And you would change your atmosphere so that, w- that it would attract a lost person. And when they came in, they would feel comfortable. So that while they're there, they may choose to have a relationship with Christ. And in just a moment, I'm going to show you that in these churches that I just described, how they have a relationship with Christ. If you really cared about the lost people in this county, that's what you would do. According to the philosophy of the emerging church. Because salvation is not a prerequisite of having a relationship. It's not a prerequisite to follow Christ. That's why there's a difference in a convert and a Christ follower. I put all of my faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I am not just one who's going to follow his teachings. I am a convert. I am a believer. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe he ascended up into heaven. I believe he's at the right hand of the Father. I believe the day is going to come when he is returning for his church. I believe that all of that took place and will take place. I am a convert. I am a believer. That's different than being a follower. Salvation is not required. That scene I just, that scenario I just painted for you, that if you really cared for your community, how all these things you would change. For them to be comfortable, just to remind you what I taught on last night, for a lost person to be comfortable, the Holy Spirit of God has to be absent. It would break my heart if somebody who was lost without Christ didn't feel uncomfortable during the service. And they want to paint it that this crowd who doesn't know the truth, have forsaken the truth, they want to paint it as unfriendly, unloving. You won't find a friendlier, more caring church than the Emmanuel Baptist Church. You might argue with me on that. But if they don't feel uncomfortable, then where's the Holy Spirit? When you got saved, I don't care who you are, it wasn't because you decided to follow Christ. It was because the Holy Spirit of God made you feel uncomfortable, made you realize that you were a sinner. You had a, you, there was a, a sin debt that you had to pay. But somebody, a preacher... A parent, a teacher, a soul winner opened the Word of God and said, I've got great news for you though. You don't have to pay it because Jesus has already paid it. And you believing He was the virgin-born Son of God, you might not have known everything about it, but you knew He was the Son of God. You knew He died in your place and you were putting your faith in that. I'm a convert. I believe it. You don't have to convince me anymore. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit of God. That would put you under conviction so that you would believe that. But for a Christ follower, salvation is not required. Receiving Jesus as personal Savior is not a prerequisite. See, this crowd believes that anyone, don't miss this definition, anyone who follows certain spiritual disciplines can be like Christ. If that's not work salvation, if that's not humanism, if that's not a man thinking too highly of himself, that if I follow certain spiritual disciplines, that I can be a follower, I can be like Christ, I can follow to be like Him. See, as a convert, we have the power from within to change. A Christ follower attempts to conform with an image that they have created in their mind. I know what some will say. They'll say, but I talk to these people. And oh, and they brag about all of these who chose Christ 
And they had a baptism Sunday, and they posted the video of all their baptisms on their website, and it was person after person after person after person. Pastor Neil, I've got to be honest with you, it's been a long time since I've seen an independent fundamental Baptist church baptize as many as they have baptized on their baptism Sunday. And they're always telling me so many came to Christ today. So many started their relationship with Christ today. What's the terminology? So many do that. And then what does it do? It gives us, we look at it and say, well, what, what are we not doing right? And sadly, people are changing what they believe and what they do because they think there's a result that can be achieved from the way they're doing it. Let me help you understand what those, I'll use this loosely, conversions are. I've witnessed this. I've watched their services. I've read it in their books. Come to an invitation time, and the question is asked. Not an invitation like you and I would have, because that's, that's pressuring people into a false decision by their definition. But it would be, how many of you today would like to choose Christ? Now, for somebody who was lost, and they came either by invitation or wandered in the doors of a church, and they're asked, who wants to choose Christ? Who's going to say no? If you'd like to begin your relationship with Christ, we want to meet you at the front. It's mirroring a lot of what we would do. They come and they get their seat on the front pew and they're given a decision card. And on this decision card it says, I would like to begin my journey with Christ. Or it says this, I would like to begin my relationship with Christ. Or it says, I will I choose Christ. Now, if you want to start your relationship with Christ, won't you check that right there? And they'll check that box. And then the celebration really begins. Oh, so-and-so comes today, deciding to choose Christ and begin their journey with Christ. And they come today to uh, choose and begin their relationship with Christ. Now, they take, then they take them to get baptized. That's why their big day is always a baptism day. And it's not an evangelistic day. Because you don't have to be converted to get baptized in these churches. Now, you take them and you go get baptized because you chose today to start your relationship with Christ, and we're going to give you a neat T-shirt that says, I have decided. Or we're going to give you a T-shirt that says, I choose Christ. And we're going to baptize you, and, 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 and now they have received Christ. And there's that lost person who has never explained to them what a relationship with Christ is. They were never told that they have to acknowledge the fact that they're a sinner. And because of their sin, they deserve. Now, you don't dare. According to this book, you don't dare. The, 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 us angry fundamentalists are always condemning and telling people that if they don't 
choose to put their faith in Christ, they're going to die and go to hell. We wouldn't dare do that. They go and they choose, I've started my relationship with Christ. Two weeks later, a co-worker that goes to an independent Baptist church strikes up a conversation with them or knocks on their door and asks them the question, are you 100% sure you're on, the way, on your way to heaven? Oh, yeah. Well, well, what are you basing that on? Because I have a relationship with Christ. And that's why you've got to know how to dig deeper and to press the right buttons because in their mind, they're on their way to heaven because somebody teaching the doctrine of devils It has convinced them that because they have chosen to follow Christ, they have a personal relationship with Him. Now, friend, they make that decision. Remember what kind of the service they have sat in. They have sat in a rock band atmosphere. They have heard, almost at a sermonette, not even a sermonette, a motivational speech They have not heard the gospel at all. Who is not there? The Holy Spirit of God is not there. He's grieved. He's quenched. He's not there. It doesn't matter if it says community church or independent Baptist church. He's not in that atmosphere. And when you're not given the gospel and they come forward and check a box. Remember Sunday night? Those of you that were able to be here, what I said, they are guilty of what they accuse us of. We all just believe in easy believism. You just believe that anybody who puts their faith in Christ can, can, can go to heaven. They don't have to follow Him. We know it is that simple. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's no, there's no gospel. They're told to come forward, check a box, we'll go baptize you. They believe they're saved. They believe they've done what is necessary. Who wouldn't answer that question? Yes. Do you want to start a relationship with Jesus? Well, well, sure. Check right here. Let's go get baptized. That is their convert. That is their following Christ. Friend, the Holy Spirit is not in that. Without the Holy Spirit of God, there can be no conversion. Without the Holy Spirit of God, there is no quickening. You must have the Spirit of God. This is what they brag about. There's no real conversion. We want to talk about Him. We'll throw His name in some rock songs every once in a while. And we'll feel the Spirit. As I taught you last night, they do feel the Spirit. It is the Spirit of Antichrist. It is a seducing Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. But there's a difference in a convert and a Christ follower. I, I hasten, let me mention this next statement. The Christ follower models Jesus. Jesus is someone in their mind who can be mimicked and copied. Because they've recreated, I'm going to read some excerpts in a moment, of who they have made Jesus to be. Then their mind, he is somebody they do not believe he's the Son of God. They do not believe he is the only begotten, virgin born, Son of God. He is someone who can be mimicked and copied like a religious teacher. He is viewed as a model of spirituality 
and not the Son of God, our Savior. I've been alluding to it every night because of time. I don't have really a lot of time to get into it, but all the mysticism. And when they, they talk about spiritual things, they are talking about spirits. And all you've got to do is press just a little bit and you'll understand. They're talking about spirits. They believe he is a religious teacher. He's viewed as somebody who is a model of spirituality, not the Son of God. He is our example. But his mission was not to come to this earth so that we could model him. The scripture tells us what his mission was. He's come to seek and to save that which was lost. Not to be copied like a religious teacher. Now, if somebody watches this lecture just by itself, they'll not understand what I taught last night, that they do not believe the Holy Spirit of God is necessary in conversion. They don't, they don't follow the Holy Spirit of God. They follow the seducing spirits. There's a spirit of antichrist that they believe. Therefore, the, 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 the Holy Spirit of God is not... You have the Holy Spirit that bears witness of spiritual things that is going to lead you, as I illustrated last night, to be more like Christ. With the absence of the Holy Spirit of God, they are modeling a religious teacher in their mind. Anyone from any religion can be a Christ follower. They can be Christ-like, but not know Christ. It's, it's in, in these books, and, and, and I'll, I'll certainly reference them when, when, when I have, have my book done. You can model Gandhi and model Christ. You can model Buddha and model Christ. And be a Christ follower. For you can't have salvation unless you forsake every other god. Every other belief. So the Christ follower models Jesus. Let me give you this statement, then I'll, I'll re- I'm going to read some things and, and we'll be concluded for the night. The, cross, the Christ follower has to have another Jesus. You cannot be a convert unless you've met the Son of God. The Apostle Paul, who was converted... You know, I'm sure you know the story of his conversion, that church persecutor, that uh, murderer of Christians. When he met the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, he knew exactly who he had an encounter with. His conversion, he went from persecuting Jesus to a convert of believing in Jesus. There's a difference in a convert and somebody who's going to model Christ as a religious teacher. So in order for the Christ follower to follow Jesus, he has to have another Jesus. Let me read again from this book, They Like Jesus But Not the Church. Let me find the page that I want to read here. In page 53, we find an excerpt here. Most people today, whether in the church or outside the church, believe Jesus is a good person who has some sort of spiritual insight. When Pamela Anderson explained why she gives money to the homeless, she answered, 
If I refused one of them, I'd be like, oh my God, what if that was Jesus? It shows who she thinks Jesus is, but why would you reference this as an, as an example of, of what people think, who think people think Jesus is? The next page. On the other end of the Christian spectrum, the more extreme fundamentalist camp has made Jesus out to be an angry, avenging figure. Instead of having compassion and love for sinners, he has only anger and points his finger at their sins to condemn them. This Jesus probably votes only for one political party and has strong opinions on all types of things outside of what he said in the Bible, including on the role of women in the church, what type of music to listen to, and which Bible version to use. I don't have time to teach tonight. I won't teach tonight about how they separate Jesus in the Bible. Andy Stanley, you can, you can look up his article. You can Google it. He had it in, in, in USA Today. I don't have time to refer to it tonight. Uh, the reason why people leave the church, number one reason is, is because they base their faith on the Bible and not Jesus. My Bible tells me that Jesus is the Word. You cannot separate. But they have to separate Him from the Word of God so they can create a historical figure that they can model. And, and, and this is the, that, that is their tactic. We have to separate. So when we, we, we see here, well, things he never said. Friend, you'll find Jesus in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Um, this Jesus is talked about a lot in terms of his judgment and coming in the clouds to separate the goats and the sheep. Well, friend, I got news. He's coming to separate the goats and the sheep. Their Jesus... Their Jesus would never... There's no way a sinner would ever die and go to hell and pay for their own sins with their Jesus. The reason why they, they, they don't like the church is because the church won't accept their wicked lifestyle. That, that's really what this book is an apology for those that live a wicked lifestyle and a, a traditional church... A fundamentalist church will refuse to accept their lifestyle as the norm. Basically, it's you refuse to accept my sins, so therefore, I don't like the church, I like Jesus. You refuse to accept all religions. Well, friend, if, if we're doing it right, we're following the Word of God, and I'm just, as a preacher, I'm just repeating what God has said. But that's why they don't like the church. And sadly, we have independent Baptists falling prey to this. And what, 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 what is society like? What is everybody like? I don't want to be accused of being mean and angry. And, and, and I, we have to accept. No, I don't, I don't have to accept anything that God doesn't accept. So who is vintage Jesus? And this is the statement I want to read so you can get an insight into his thought process. In this book... I don't intend to get into a theological discussion of who Jesus is. Friend, our salvation is based completely on who Jesus is. We're not, it's, not a, it's not important who Jesus is. Are you catching this? We're just supposed to be able to follow Christ. It sounds good. Here in, on page 192, he is quoting, the author is quoting what someone wrote about their church experience 
from their blog. And it ties into, I'm not going to make a theological discussion of who Jesus is. Uh, I don't want to pass up a homeless person and give him, because that could have been Jesus. Um, You can be a Christ follower and a follower of somebody in an Eastern religion. But this is what he quotes this person as saying. "I'm I'm home from dinner at my girlfriend's house. Now I'm going to try to finish a book I'm reading. It's got a lot of facts about the beginnings of Christianity. It sheds light on many of the stories in the New Testament, important mind-boggling facts about Jesus, John the Baptist, and Mary Magdalene. I'm not talking about conspiracy theories. It's factual information based on historical documents from around the time of Jesus. It makes me insane to think that most Christians don't even know this stuff. Get this, he won't take the Bible at his word, but he'll take some book uh, that history... Things like the whole, the whole point is this man's rebellion against God. Man's rebellion against that higher power. It makes me insane to think that most Christians don't even know this stuff. Things like the whole story of Jesus is derived from Egyptian theology, where Osiris is birthed by a virgin, visited by magi, performs miracles, dies to save the world, and is resurrected after three days. You realize that something you've been told your whole life is a great big lie. Did you catch that? That is not only factually incorrect, it's blasphemous. This man who was raised, now the author speaking, who was raised in a church, started exploring because of his interest in Jesus and spirituality and found the book which gives the historical background of various pagan religions and describes other stories of virgin birth stories as old as ancient Egypt and Roman and Greek myths that predate Jesus. The the book concludes that the story of Jesus' birth and life was a myth like the others, and that Christians borrowed from these other virgin birth stories to turn Jesus into something he wasn't. He is sincere in his search, and I commend him. But the information available to him leads him to feel that his family and the church had let him down, and that everything he had been taught was a lie. The author never takes the point, never takes the opportunity to correct, to condemn what was just said. Instead, just goes on, and basically justifies his thinking. And yet we have people who are getting their church growth ideas from men like this. It's blasphemous. It is another Jesus. There is no correction of who he is. So in order for them to be a Christ follower, uh, a book I, I, I referenced a couple of times by Brian McLaren talking about he's everything. He, he's, he, he's an atheist, but he's a Christian. He's this and he's this. He makes a statement that, that uh, so many people don't like Christians. I, I, don't, I don't care for them either. And truth of the matter is, if Jesus was here, Christians would crucify him. Because he's so different than what we think he is. Well, he's, exa- he's, he's exactly right in that regard. They would. They don't like the absolute Jesus that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So they have to create another one. I will, I'm close to closing with this, and I always have a hard time whenever I teach this, but I must, I must do it. This book that I've been reading from, The Language of the Emerging Church, Leonard Sweet, Brian McLaren, and Jerry Hasselmeyer are the authors. Who what they have done is they have taken their terms to explain to you again, and they, the emerging church leaders, have defined what they mean when they use a term. 
These are not my words. These are their words. You look at different things, and I've read several terms from here, read several last night. With that thought in mind, to be a, be a Christ follower, salvation is not required. A personal relationship is not a prerequisite. And another Jesus has to be created. This homeless person could be Jesus, so I better feed him. Uh, it, it very well could be. We could all have been lied to. And there's many stories of somebody way back in the day. And I, I re- referenced one in, in Egyptian mythology that, that when someone was born of a virgin, they performed miracles, died and raised again. The whole thing's been a lie. There's many choices to choose from. They have to create another Jesus. But you look at every cult, they have another Jesus. If you talk to the Mormons, they have a Jesus. Catholicism has a Jesus. Even Islam has a Jesus. This is just another Jesus. It's a false Jesus. It's one they've created. It's not the virgin-born Son of God. Now, this is their definition. When I first came across this book, I was looking through it, and so, you know, I, I thought, well, I'll look at what they uh, think about salvation. Salvation isn't in here. Well, the rapture. The rapture is not in here. What about heaven? Heaven's not in here. It's not defined. Hell, it's not in here. God is not even, the blood is not defined. Surely, there's got to be Jesus. And I looked and I couldn't find him. It's, it's done by letter, and then it's like, surely this is not. Because in the table of comments, it says J-factor. So you turn to this chapter where they defined J is for J-factor. And they are referring to Jesus. Now, you may not take offense to that. The J-factor, I do. It's blasphemous to even refer to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but yet you'll find men with their books on their bookshelves. But listen to what they say about Jesus. In this new world, this postmodern world that changes everything, that makes churches irrelevant, that makes the Bible irrelevant, even though the Bible says, Truth endureth to a whole generations. Postmodern myth obliterated with that half verse of Scripture. In this new world, we must present a Jesus that the world doesn't know it is missing. In the same way that some biographies need to be rewritten for each generation, the story of the incarnation needs to be incarnated. In this case, Jesus as the first pre-modern, post-modern, so that people can not just make Christ the center of their lives, but bring their lives into the center of Christ's life. If you pay attention to a lot of the social issues in the media today and in politics, uh, there are some who are, who are so off base and they're blasphemous when they say it that Jesus would, would, would never condemn certain lifestyles. And he'd be accepting of certain things. It's because they've created another Jesus. Did you hear what they said? In the same way that some biographies need to be rewritten for each generation, as if this is not the inspired, inerrant Word of God. Jesus is the Word. 
This, we know what the Bible says where God places the importance of the Word of God in reference to the name of Jesus. And for a man to make the statement that we need to rewrite the story of Jesus for this generation, of course they do if they're going to follow and model Christ and not be a convert. They have to rewrite another Jesus. Uh, in this case, Jesus as the first pre-modern, post-modern. The story of Jesus cannot be rewritten. But they have to rewrite another, they have to write another Jesus. Now, when you're a convert, in a church like this, we understand the commission of Christ is to go out to make other converts. To tell the story of salvation, a resurrected Savior, to a lost and a dying world, so that they might believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. That's why we go soul winning. That's why we have outreach ministries. That's why it's important for Christians to be personal soul winners. That's the focus of, of this church, I know. But just in case, just in case you need to spice up your evangelism, they've given us an epictivity to try with the church. Now, I know you have a lot going on with the Mother's Day and the teen, the teen spaghetti dinner and all. You may want to try and squeeze this in. Gather your team together and bake or buy a birthday cake. Assemble candles, balloons, and other party materials. Go to a section of town you normally avoid and knock on doors or talk to people on the street until you find someone who has a birthday coming up soon, adult or a child. Deliver the party materials, light the candles, sing happy birthday, and then leave. Have each person describe his or her experience. What does it mean when Jesus says, when you do it for the least of these, my brothers, you're doing it personally for me? Why do we need the poor as much as they need us? Why do the richer need us as much as we need them? Describe what a Christ-like church looks like based on this shared experience. Friend, if, if, if you have been converted, if you have been saved, if you have been saved from a literal hell and you encounter somebody who does not know, hey, I, I'll sing happy birth to you, birthday to you next time on your birthday, but i got to tell you that you've got to meet this man who knew everything I did. You've got you've to come and see uh, what this man knows. You've got to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you notice the condescension in the writing there? Uh, they, they say that uh, we don't care for people and, and those that hold the Scripture have no compassion in their heart, but go to a part of town that you normally would not go to. Friend, I can't think of any of those in Jacksonville, Florida, because we're running buses to those part of town where people normally don't go to. One advantage of the birth of all these emerging churches is you don't have much competition on the streets when you're telling people about the Lord. You don't have any competitions when you're running those buses, picking up boys and girls, because that's the part of town you don't want to go to unless you're doing an epictivity. So what is Christ like in this setting? Now, you make a logical case to me that they even know who Jesus is. They have to create another Jesus. Friend, don't, don't fall prey to this terminology 
well, I'm a Christ follower. Uh, I think the, the scriptural terms are convert. I'm born again. If anything, we're to be a disciple of Christ. And they've tried to steal that word. But if you really read what Jesus says about being a disciple, there's very few that are willing to pick up their cross and follow them, follow Him. A convert or Christ follower. Don't, don't, Central Baptist Church, you have been at this thing for a long, long time. Don't get discouraged when all these cults are popping up. These emergent churches. Well, they, they, they said they had this many people. They said they had, they had, we're in the business of making converts. We're in the business of reaching people with the gospel. Something tells me if we got in the party business, we'd be pretty good at it too. That's really what it is. Oh, you want to make a decision for Christ? Check this box. We'll get baptized. We got a cool t-shirt for you. So you can wear it and, the, and your whole family, your whole community know that you have decided to follow Jesus. You and I know there's more to it than that. Uh, don't be intimidated by, well, we're just a Christ follower. We don't follow man. Oh, they're not following the, the, the Christ that I know. Uh, they're not, they're using as an excuse. I don't follow man. They do follow man. They follow themselves. Uh, let's, let's stay with the old black book. Let's stay with the word of God. Remember what I taught at the beginning of the week? It's a once delivered faith. The po- God was not alarmed when the postmodern generation came on the scene. He said, oh no, there was an expiration date on the Bible. Oh no, what am I going to do? It's a postmodern day. I better deliver another faith. Oh no, this once delivered faith. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Uh, it's, it's, it has not changed. Truth endureth to all generations. The generation that was on the earth when that scripture was penned is the, and in this generation we live in today. And if the Lord tarries His coming a hundred years from now, it'll be the common salvation that Jude referred to that our faith is tied to. That's why we contend for it. That's why we teach things like this because salvation is tied to the faith. It's a common salvation. It's a once delivered faith. We must stay with what has always been. Because there's only one God, there's only one book, there's only one Savior, there's only one Spirit of God, there's only one way. And if it's not the way that God has established, it is not of God. It does not matter what kind of religious terms we put to it. Hey, let's stay true to the Son of God. If you're saved tonight, you're a convert. Now be a disciple of Christ. Serve Him. Follow Him. According to this book, become more like Him. Grow. Let the Holy Spirit of God change you from the inside out to be more like your Savior. He's more than a religious teacher who may have lived. 
He's more than a historical figure. He's the perfect Son of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten. Oh, what a God. What a love. Oh, let's hold to the truth.